your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. Oh, I forgot it. I forgot the music. Broncos bravado. Oh man, Broncos. I mean, it doesn't feel like a Friday unless <laughs> we do not some Broncos. A Friday until we get Broncos bravado. Broncos bravado going. Oh, it's not. Oh, that's right. Broncos bravado is going to play later in the show now. Because, okay. Uh, I just randomly threw it into the middle of the show log. <laughs> Happy Friday. There we go. Happy Friday. There we go. Now it's a Friday. This kind of feels appropriate for today. I don't know why. If it's rain, I just watched Central win their state semifinal game. How about that lacrosse Central with the clutch three-pointer? Yes. uh, 24 seconds to go. Central's uh, fielding hits a three from the corner on a nice kind of a skip pass uh, over his own defense. Yeah, it was a... Nails the three in the corner, and then uh, drama after that ensued. I, I started watching just at the right time, but drama ensued after that. Uh, they are playing Westosha Central, which Brad says is uh, in West Kenosha. Okay. Westosha. Well, this is the real March Madness. The, yeah. the local teams in the WIAA state tournament. Yeah, so Central uh, gets t- takes the lead by one with a three-pointer. Right. Westosha comes down. I can't think of the dude's name off the top of my head, but he uh, has a layup. It's a tough layup. There's mm-hmm. a de- there's a pretty mm-hmm. big defender. He kind of scoops under the defender. Uh, basic layup. I mean, Trigoski probably missed it because I don't think he's a basketball player. Uh, but he missed the layup. Uh, Central <laughs> gets the rebound, gets fouled four seconds to go, one up one point. So the, the old one-in-one bonus. Central misses the free throw, so Westosha gets the rebound, can win it, but doesn't have any timeout, so they got to heave a half-quarter, and the guy that missed the free throw then blocked the half-quarter wow. or the three-quarter court shot, and Central uh, celebrates on the court at the Kohl Center. So that's the drama that happened seven minutes before the show. So we're kind of, that's Broncos bravada for me. I it is. Know. Well, everyone's got to be sure to go on social media or wherever they can get the video of this to watch the three point. Yeah. On uh, wisdomnews.com. Wisdomnews.com. Yeah. It's right there. I, I embedded the video. It's a really nice. Check uh, out the video on wisdomnews.com. This is a cold blooded clutch three pointer by lacrosse central. Um, speaking of cold blooded, somebody in, uh, Grand Forks, what is that, North Dakota? Grand Forks, North Dakota. Somebody in Grand Forks, North Dakota stole the K off of Kmart and threw it in a pastor's yard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I is cold blood. What is, what is that? I mean, what happens? You're Anthony Tregoski, so you are you have a K in your name as well. I have Rick, but it's not, you know, that's Tregoski. You could, you could be like the K-man almost. <laughs> Uh, somebody throws a K in your yard. What are you doing? I, I I think I know why. Because the person who found the K in their front lawn is named Paul Knight. K-N-I-G-H-T. The so pastor is, of Hope Church in is, Grand Forks. Is Pastor Knight being like, hey, somebody threw this K in my yard inst- instead of like he had the K in his garage and maybe it blew, you know, maybe it, it, the garage door was left open and it blew out somehow or... Hey, He's known as like Pastor K. Yeah, and he's Pastor K, and he stole the Kmart sign, and now it's it ended up in his front yard somehow, and he's trying to be like, well, it wasn't me. Because well, he broke one of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, thou shall thou not steal. Thou, steal. <laughs> so thou shall not. 
It's just a cover-up, maybe. Maybe that's the real story here. Thou shall not steal. And if you see the fine print, K's from the old Kmart signs. <laughs> it's in the fine print. Moses brought it down from the mountain. Well, now we've got to be vigilant about the old Kmart in the cross and any theft that might occur there. Is there a K on the Kmart? I, well, I, it, I have a picture of it somewhere. Let me, it, I'll if look there is, the break. If there is, it might be disappearing at some point in the future. I mean, we could collect Ks all over town. There's sure. three Shopcos that are vacant. Shop we could get yeah. all the Ks from the Shopco, <laughs> the Kmart K. What else is, uh, has, has gone down over the past couple of years? Well, There's a Sears, no K in a Sears. I, just, I love this story because someone placed a massive Kmart sign on the front lawn of Pastor Paul Knight. It's believed to be from the former Kmart building in Grand Forks, which is being redeveloped. Well, like the best Paul part is, is his yard has become a selfie haven now. Yeah. Everyone's taking selfies with a K. Wouldn't you love a selfie with an old K from a Kmart? Get out of my yard! Leave my K alone! <laughs> I, lo- I love his his wife, who says that his wife wants it gone by June. So you got until June. Whoa. How big until- is this K? We it have to go. We might need to. We don't need to go look at the central three-point shot at wisdomnews.com. We, I need to upload the how big the K is in Paul Knight's yard that he stole off the Kmart sign, allegedly, uh, that he's saying it just ended up there randomly. Okay, Chergosky is looking that up. Um, other things it, we want to... It, it, looks, it looks a lot... It looks about 10 feet tall. Oh, okay. So by June, maybe it'll take by June. I don't yeah. think it would take by June, but maybe she just kind of wants it there for a couple weeks sure. because, you know, Why not? Cool, cool K in our yard. Uh, also, they'll probably pass the plate, right? He's a pastor. They'll probably pass the plate. To, hey, if you want a selfie, pass the plate. You guys got a $10. Got to give $10 an offer, a selfie. offering before you can take the selfie. Yeah, and then uh, one of you kids mow my lawn because, uh, you know, by June it's going to – we're not. We're doing no mow mate. I don't know if they're doing it in Grand Forks. We're doing no mow mate in La Crosse. They're, uh, they're, what, what does that mean? You don't mow your lawn in May okay. to, to help the – just to leave the plants grow because when we come out of winter – there are no plants. There are no flowering plants. Basically, we want the dandelions to grow. We've been duped as a society to think dandelions are like horrible for uh, our yards, nature. They're actually medicinal. They're actually really good for the environment. Uh, but we've been duped by you know John Deere and other manufacturers who create lawnmowers and weed killers that you need to get rid of dandelions. And uh, no, actually, we've started to figure out as a society, dandelions are good for you they're medicinal they're um, incredible for pollinators because they're the first things that sprout and all the bees and the birds that come back that use flowers to feed that's what they're using at first dandelions even though we think that they're awful so we've been we've been sold a bill of goods here yeah at what point in our life and well we better get to break here pretty quick but what at what point in your childhood to to adulthood do you go from i love dandelions to um, can I do this? Mama had a baby and her head popped off. Did you do that one with dandelions? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and you pop the dandelion head off. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> like, it is. What is yeah, that? I haven't thought about that. In, kind of. I probably haven't thought violent, about that since, yeah. well, last spring when I grabbed the dandelion, I'm sure. Um, so there's childhood. We love flowers. We give our mom a, a bouquet of dandelions, right, at some sure. point. And then we tell our mom the baby's head popped off. And then after that, what, when we get old enough to start mowing lawn, do we start hating dandelions? We just, we, we, we form into the societal norm of dandelions are bad, right? Well, Rick, on this topic, when my baby comes, when my, my wife has has baby C, 
I will keep careful track of this when we go from bouquet of dandelions to the head came off to doesn't like dandelions anymore. It's going to be a decades-long study. You'll have uh, what do college professors do in special papers that they write, right? You'll have some kind of – I'll write a journal article. It might take – 15 years though to yeah finish. it'll be by the time i think 15 is a good time time frame because i think around that 10 how old are your kids got to be to mow lawn everyone out there that's got kids 10 years old eight years old i don't know i feel like i well, probably I think did a little it. older than that yeah you you would think that but i, I wouldn't want an eight-year-old mowing the lawn necessarily unless you had to mow the lawn instead that's true <laughs> <laughs> think about it sure. <laughs> you never know all right we got to get brad's got to do the news we'll be back after this did I introduce you? By the way, that's UW Law's political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chugoski. Now we'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We did have someone text in saying congrats to Bangor and Central for getting yeah. lucky. They got lucky. They're moving on to the state championships tomorrow. Um, I will say, yeah, they... Luck has everything to do with uh, getting to to state in a close game. Sure, there's always going to be some of that. Also, the dude's three pointer was money. Oh, that money was funny. Yeah, go wisdomnews.com to see the video. It was a fantastic three pointer by Central. <clears throat> um, just looking at some of the very important stories not involved in Wisconsin. <laughs> Pete Davidson, uh, the Saturday Night Live. What it, Pete Davidson has become a, a an enigma in the in society. Yeah, he's dating Kim Kardashian. He's in a feud with Kanye West because of the fact that he's dating Kim. Did Kardashian. you know Kanye West got banned from Instagram for threatening Pete Davidson? Did you know that uh, one? Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> what is <laughs> Kanye West is one of them? Uh, he one of those stories where uh, he has some mental. I think he has some bipolar mental sure. health issues, sure. but also he's a genius. Right. And it's one of, so when he goes crazy on people, you're like, rich guy has all the power and money in the world, could do anything he wants. So we bash him. And also, like, oh, yeah, mental health advocates are like, no, nope, there's something he needs. He needs help. Right. Because, um, yeah, he's harassing Pete Davidson and his, his ex-wife. Right. And then Kim Kardashian says some stupid stuff, too, I think, over the past week about women and needing to go to work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kim Kardashian was like. Off. Kim Kardashian was like, well, no one wants to work anymore. Like, Kim Kardashian is the model of hard work. Kim Kardashian, how were you made famous, by the way? What video was that? Um, The other thing I thought was uh, (laughs) something that even... So, oh, Pete Davids, I buried it. He doesn't want to go on Jeff Bezos' penis rocket, right? Like, the rocket (laughs) that looks like a penis. He doesn't want to fly to space, which I think is uh, kind of a ballsy move. If, well, you, if you look at the rocket, that was a pun intended. Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I don't. I mean, would you want to go on the Jeff Bezos rocket? Because nope. I feel like it's proven at this point. Like Jeff Bezos himself went on it, and I feel like he wouldn't go on it if he felt like it would crash. Does or Bezos whatever. go on it every time. Now, I would only go on it if Jeff Bezos was on right. it too. Because <laughs> if I'm going to go down with the ship, I want Jeff Bezos on there also with me. to go down. Yeah. Except that when you're going down with the ship, all of a sudden Jeff Bezos is in like the special seat that oh, has he, some kind of ejection. Nah, pod. yeah, he's the one person who survives. And you just watch him. Poop, he goes out the special <laughs> ejection seat while the rest of you crash in his penis rocket. Um, the, the one thing that's even more important is Netflix is going to try to crack down on like, let's say me and you, you use my Netflix password. I think it'd be the other way around in real life, but um, they're going to try to crack down on this. Now there's a couple of different versions of the story online, but nobody has really shown how Netflix is going to crack down and start charging people for multiple yeah. passwords. Yeah. It turns out that Netflix 
like a lot of these streaming services, is having issues with people sharing passwords and thus not paying for the service. I've probably got like half a dozen people, not you, Rick, but like half a dozen other people using my Netflix account. Oh, yeah. So I feel like this is a real problem for streaming services as we get more into a streaming world where these streaming services are proliferating and it seems like every day a new streaming service pops up and they've got to figure out a way to make money. A lot of these streaming services are not really making money and that's a They're real challenge. They're spending a lot of money though, They're man. They're spending Netflix. a lot of money. Netflix spends a ton of money. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I. Th- I think they're well. They're not profitable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, because they make money. Because we there's like 500 million people subscribed. Yeah. To- I mean, Netflix is valuable in the sense that the company is insanely valuable. But I don't know that on a month to month basis they actually bring in a profit. So, well, it's because, so their value is just from the value of the company. And the argument is because Anthony Chagoski's got six other of his buddies <laughs> exactly. using his Netflix password. Yeah. I feel like you're gonna have to up the, the up the amount of users that could be on at the same time if you right. have six people on. Right. Right. I, I have such weird hours that I'm on Netflix when nobody else is. I don't have my Netflix password shared with a lot of people except my whole family. So I have two brothers and a mom and dad. So there's like three, but I feel like that's legit. I mean, like, that's where yeah. I want to go. Netflix, are you going to charge my family? Where do you You're going to charge line, the right? family. Yeah, We're all using it. <laughs> I don't know. What was that? Uh, Sopranos? I don't know what that was. Um, all right. State news. Do you want to hit some state news stuff? Got a lot of got, state news. Um, or, or we could talk about the Florida man who uh, called 911 to testify. Well, we do have a Florida man news story. Might get to that in a minute. But... I, mean, I mean, Tim Ramthan... Threatening to punch Robin Voss is kind of like the Florida man genre of story. Yeah, I feel like Robin Voss or Tim Timothy Ramthan must be from originally from Florida and just ended up, and that's how we get the Florida man out of this. Yeah, um, yeah, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Just a, bu- a couple of bickering old men, it's so ready sad. to go to fisticuffs. Yeah, and you know neither of those guys has ever maybe Timothy Ramthan, but ne- Robin Voss has never like pu- thrown a punch in his life. It's one of the saddest things that i've seen recently in wisconsin politics like because timothy ranthan the person who denies that the election was legitimate and he is running for governor for the republican nomination there was a meeting with assembly speaker republican robin voss and other people who deny the legitimacy of the election timothy ranthan was apparently kicked out of that meeting because well, first of all, they had a the, 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 we we often the the punch is funny and that that takes the headline of the it, story. It does, but the entire society is bearing the lead that they were holding a meeting. Yep. About De- decertifying the election, right? Like, and, what is yeah. what is that? What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, is that just we got to appease the Trump supporters? Still, we got to do that till what two more years? We're going to do this for two more years. Well, aren't we? when you think about it, Rick, like. What Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, said makes no sense. I mean, there's a total contradiction in the statements that he made because he said that there was widespread fraud in the election, but that he can't decertify the election. And I think this is the first time Voss has gone far, gone that far in saying there's been widespread fraud. Is there more to that? Because that's all I want to know, right? Like, stop the stop talking right there, Robin. Mr. Assembly, what do we call him? Speaker Voss? Speaker Voss. Speaker Voss. Stop right there. There was widespread fraud. Okay, let's go. What was it? Like, point to it. Can you 
I so, mean, so yeah, I mean, he might be talking about the Gableman investigation. Who knows? But that's too general. It, I want specifics. By the I, way, Rick, we're we're up to half a half a mil on the Gableman investigation into the 2020 election. Half a mil. What was the budget? Six hundred. Six hundred. Haven't 000? hit the budget yet, though. Haven't hit the budget. We're, we're up to half a mil, though. Well, as long as we're we haven't hit the budget yet, we could prolong it as long as we want, right? Because this seems was supposed like to be over. Three months ago, it, it, months? it was supposed December? to. Be, it was supposed to be over at the end of December, but yeah. both of us knew that that was a pipe dream. That this investigation was going to go on and on and the, on and on and on, and that's pipe, exactly what's happened. It's not a pipe dream. We knew very well that this is the Gableman's going to be working for two more years. Well, because he's making eleven thousand dollars a month, so why <laughs> right. wouldn't you want to keep right. working at that? Wage? It's a salary job too, so you don't yeah. even have to punch in and out. I'd yeah. like to see his hour, his his hour clock. But but Rick, to get back to what. Voss said, I mean, first of all, you're right that he needs to put up or shut up when it comes to the evidence of widespread fraud. Right. We should stop government at all costs. There's been widespread voter fraud in Wisconsin. Let's, well, yeah, we have to solve this. What is it? And what is he going to say? Zuckerberg bucks? Is that what he's going to do? Zuck bucks, yeah. The Zuck bucks. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what Gableman focused on in his testimony before the Wisconsin state legislature. But with Voss and Donald Trump jumped all over this yesterday in a statement that Trump put out. He said, well, if Voss is right that there was widespread fraud, then why isn't he doing something about it? Right. And so Voss, in my view, totally laid a trap for himself. Like, he's not making anyone happy here. He's saying there's widespread fraud when people are pointing out that there's been all these lawsuits that have come up empty. There's been all these investigations that have come up empty. Yeah, there have been some cases of voter fraud at like the UPS store or whatever, but nothing that would rise to the extent of widespread fraud. And then secondly, or criminal fraud, or criminal fraud. But you say he's trying to make everybody you're you said he's not making anybody happy. He's trying to make everybody he's happy. trying to make everyone happy he's trying to make well, the, all the republicans well he's trying to make the element of his party that doesn't believe in the legitimacy of this election he's trying to make them happy by saying yes there was widespread fraud but and then, then he it. annoys them by saying and there's nothing i can really do about it like right. decertifying the election so he laid a trap for himself he walked right into that trap and donald trump really picked up on that in the statement that Trump put out last night saying, well, wait a minute, Speaker Voss, like if you're saying there's widespread fraud, why the heck aren't you doing anything about it? And so in trying to make everyone happy, which is exactly what Robin Voss has been trying to do, he's been trying to thread a needle here between saying that, well, there were some problems with the election, but I can't really go so far as to decertify the election. In trying to do that, he's made exactly no one happy, and he has inspired significant antipathy and opposition from within his parties, trying to smooth that over. But the signs of threats to his leadership continue. And he, I believe, is in the greatest peril in terms of his political standing that he's ever been in as Speaker. Well, this Mark texts in, he goes, this is kind of like the Russia hoax. Both are wastes of taxpayer dollars. Come on, guys. It goes both ways. Politicians on both sides suck. Call it like it is both ways. So the Russia hoax that we're talking about, what what? I guess, Mark, you might have to text me the details of the Russia hoax. Like, well, Robin that, Voss is going to have to text me the details of voter fraud. Yeah. I mean, that could refer to the Russian involvement in the 2016 election. Well, I get that. But 
but what part of it? Because yeah. there, it's not like because you could talk about Russian troll farms. That's sure. not a hoax. You could talk about Russia meddling in uh, with. I guess it goes. It it just it all points back to troll farms and social media. And yeah, I, I mean, what was what was proven conclusively is that the Russian government was involved in a comprehensive effort to engage in trolling and meddling on social media in advance of the 2016 election. They focused on race and guns and religion and all of the things that get Americans fired up. So you had these trolls from Russia that were running advertisements and running these Facebook pages to get people fired up and to try to inspire division in American society. That has been well shown. I mean, that is beyond a beyond any doubt that the Russian government was involved in the 2016 election on social media trying to screw with people. But what is less clear is what was the involvement of Americans with the Russian effort? So that's, that's what is more in doubt. There was some, there was some interesting meetings happening amongst, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say Trump's inner or outer Trump's inner circle, like his son, right? Right. Trump Jr. I don't know if that's Trump's inner circle versus the family because he's not involved in government. He didn't he didn't hire Trump Jr. to be part of the government while he hired uh, his son-in-law. Right. Um, Anyway, we got to take a break. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We just have we we have two people obsessed with Hunter Biden on the text line. They're Mm -hmm. They're both addressing Essentially, like if uh, switch Hunter Biden and Donald Trump Jr. If I want to go after Donald Trump Jr., Mm. who Mm -hmm. met with Blackwater on some island to do some whatever they did, like that's that's one of those quote unquote conspiracy theories, even though he did meet with them. And then uh, people really Mark and another text are really worried about Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, Hunter Biden, something to do with the election. I don't know. Go ahead. You got anything on, on Hunter Biden? Uh, no, the the 2020 election was a referendum on COVID policy, uh, and so I don't think Hunter Biden, regardless of the coverage that Hunter Biden did or did not get, it I don't think it would have made a big difference because the 2020 election boiled down to the handling of the coronavirus. When you have an issue like coronavirus, everything else is going to crowd out that issue. When you have an election that is about like one defining issue like that, it's going to be difficult for the you know other issues to break through. And especially the swing voters who don't pay a lot of attention to politics but are aware of the general conditions in the country surrounding COVID-19, they're going to make decisions based on COVID-19. You know, they're, they're not going to carefully follow the news. They're not going to be they're not going to be aware of the intricacies of the two candidates. So they're just going to vote generally on the state of the nation, these irregular voters who just kind of show up and decide the election ultimately. So, uh, you know, I don't know about Hunter Biden's laptop. I, I'm not an expert on Hunter Biden's laptop. I've, Nobody does. I, I've never dun, dun, seen dun. Hunter. I've never inspected Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, I, I don't think more coverage of Hunter Biden would have shaped the election. Now, obviously, Coverage of Joe Biden now makes a big difference when it comes to the upcoming midterm elections and when it comes to Joe Biden's potential reelection. So there, I mean, I think the texters have a point in that coverage of Joe Biden can make a difference at this point. 
when it comes to the 2020 election, it, it wasn't going to make a difference. We got Mark text back. Uh, most politicians have lost all, all caps, credibility with the people, especially the one in the White House. I don't think that's anything new. I think, uh, what is it, like 90% of uh, incumbents get reelected and only they uh, and we only have like 10% uh, faith in anyone in the government? Yeah, isn't it funny how... You know, I always think it's funny how voters distrust the institutions of representative government, yet the voters are the people who pick the people for government. So what does that say about the voters? You know, they're the ones who are picking Congress and picking the president, and yet trust in government is super low. It's like there's some kind of weird disconnect there then. I, I had some I had some faith in government this week. When the Senate voted, yeah, yes. and from what I could tell, the Senate voted unanimously, and you predicted this. Now, I'm, we're going to poke holes in this unanimous thing, though. The Senate voted with Anthony's prediction that we were going to adopt daylight savings time as a yes, permanent. Yes, yes, So I don't, the House, okay, so the Senate. Just the Senate. The Senate unanimously voted on this. I don't even know if the House is going to vote on this. If this was Wisconsin government, it wouldn't even been anything because Wisconsin government called it for the year. We're done for the year last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, they're uh, done. Uh, so whenever it comes in, that's another one of those things I put in the notes. I, I sent you a text. I'm like, hey, politics, look at, like, we should talk about this and we could do that anytime up until what? When's the mid, when's the primary in August? August. The August primary. So it'll be a conversation we have multiple times about the politics of not doing any work uh, during an election year, <laughs> not passing any legislation, but saying, and anyway. Rick, and Rick, to your point, it won't matter because 90% of them get reelected yeah, no matter what they do. Anyway. Um, but the Senate did this thing. They passed the uh, daylight savings time. It's not, are we going, is this realistic? Are we going to keep the clocks the way they are? I, I sure hope so. Um, well, yeah. that's, that's what we all hope. <laughs> like we all hope for a, we all hope for Medicare for all and we don't have to pay for, you know, when I want to go to the, we all hope for these things that we want, whether, you know, that that's that's one that I hope for. But uh, hope isn't uh, exactly getting it done. Let's dig into this. So the Senate passed permanent daylight savings time, meaning that if this passed, we would never have to change our clocks right. again. The House got to pass it and the, and the, and the, and the, the governor, the president's president. got to pass it. But did the Senate actually pass it? The Senate it actually great. passed it. Okay, and it was unanimous. Well, sort of. Like 100 to nothing is what, when I hear unanimous, I think 100 people voted for this thing, which seems ridiculous in this day and age. So let's dig into the goofy world of the United States oh, Senate. Oh, God. Greg. Senate talk on a Friday. Senate we... talk on a Friday. Uh, so right. here's the deal. Any bill can pass in the Senate through a procedure called unanimous consent. You just say, I ask unanimous consent to pass this bill. And if someone says, I object. This is something you also do with like a, a, a girl or a, <laughs> or a man or a woman you start dating early on. And then eventually you want unanimous consent uh, before you proceed with uh, certain aspects of the relationship. Well, I, I, this is a family show, Rick. I'm not... <laughs> I don't know. I already talked about Bezos' rocket. So. <laughs> it's a PG-13 lacrosse. Yeah, PG-13. Uh, anyway, sexual innuendos uh, <laughs> deterred. Let's let's talk about unanimous consent in the Senate. So a bill will pass the Senate if no one objects. So any one senator can object, and that stops the process. The bill does not pass if any one senator objects. Now, Ron Johnson has been that guy multiple times over the past two years, right? Correct. Has he not? 
Correct. Like, do they? I feel like the Senate, or at least Republicans in the Senate, just designate Ron Johnson that guy. There, Ron, there, you know. there are some designated objectors on each side. You know, if someone tries to pass something through unanimous consent, they say, "I object." And there's it probably stops. a there's probably a whole show on why is Ron Johnson that guy because he's <laughs> in a situation where you would almost want him to kind of. Yep. I, I don't know. You don't want him to be bolsterous, and it's an election year for him, so he you almost yeah, want him. It's to his fly style. Him. Yeah, yeah he's it's just, just his style. You got to respect that. I yeah. also I often say you got to respect Ron Johnson for some of the uh, he does not care about some of that stuff. So. No, no, he 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 really doesn't. I mean, he's outspoken, and that has made him both extremely popular among his base and extremely unpopular among his opponents. The question is: is how many senators were in the Senate? You got to be in the uh, what many. is it called in the chamber? The chamber. At the time of this vote, do we know the number? There were maybe a handful. So certainly not all 100, certainly not even a majority of the 100. There were very few senators what there. What is a handful of senators? Like, I can't know. Maybe like five. Five people voted yeah. for this? So so they, so they it was it was a bipartisan bill. So yay, bipartisanship. It was Marco Rubio, the Republican of Florida, and Sheldon Whitehouse, the uh, Democrat of uh, Rhode Island, I believe. Uh, and they said, hey, we want unanimous consent to pass this bill to make permanent daylight savings time. And no one was there to object. Now, there were some people who would have objected if they were there. Absolutely. Like, if there were five people in the chamber, how does that happen? How does the how does something like that? We should have passed Medicare for all right then and there. So a couple things. So Roger Wicker, Republican of Mississippi, said he would have objected, but he was just more focused on Ukraine. So he didn't show up. And then Tom Cotton, Republican of Arkansas, was going to object, but his staff forgot to let him know that they were going to bring up this bill for permanent daylight savings time. So Tom Cotton was not there to object. So so just think about this. Your job as a senator is to vote on stuff in the chamber. Yep. And then you you and your staff just forgot to vote on the thing that you really opposed. Yeah, and it's like, oops, now we'll never change clocks again because Tom Cotton's staff forgot to let him know. Unreal. <laughs> you know, you know, right? so that's unreal. Why don't we, I, I can't believe that's the thing that slipped by because it's 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 kind of yeah it's one of them things where you, the Senate senators are, uh, against this must be like ah eh, somebody will show up. Oh Rick, believe me, it stunned me when this passed this week because not only did it pass, but it passed with like no debate. No debate, just sweeping through. A couple of senators just ended up in the chamber. It seems crazy. It seems like that probably shouldn't be a thing that can happen in the Senate. There's so much that is wrong with the United States Senate. Just add this to the list. Now, I personally favor this policy, but I think the procedure is completely bananas. I feel like, again, I'm going to get back to, and you didn't give me the phrase I wanted before. As a professor, you guys have to write these papers, and they're called things. They're called journal articles, or? but they're they're the, the the term for it is more advanced. We have to do think about like when peer reviewed. Think about when you get your doctorate and you have yeah. to write something. Like what is dissertation? That? A dissertation. Okay. I feel like you should be writing a dissertation on how many times a thing passed by what is it called unanimous, unanimous consent, consent in the Senate. Yep, this thing affects the entire country. Correct. Like it's and it like every literally every it would be like we're no longer going to use keys to to start our car <laughs> or something like everybody it it affects everybody in every aspect of their life. We just passed this thing by a couple of people. And they forgot to go into the chamber to vote against it. Whoops, now the entire country has changed. So if the House passes this, and if 
President Biden signs it, the reason that we will never have to change our clocks again is because Tom Cotton's staff forgot to let him know that this was going to come up in the Senate. And do you think all the other Republican <laughs> senators or senators against, I say Republican because Tom Cotton's a Republican, or senators against daylight savings time, they're all like, hey, who? they're all in an email thread, hey, Tom, you got you got this. Tom staff, yeah. you got this. Because you only need one. Because they're all too lazy to go, I better go double check on this thing. And, and, and Rick, that's exactly how it works. So it's not like people are always trying to sneak things through the Senate. I mean, theoretically, you could use this procedure all day to try to sneak things through and hope that no one's there to object. Right. But, but just to be honest and to be good colleagues, what they do is they let people know, hey, we're going to bring this up for unanimous consent. If you want to object, just show up. Someone show up to be there to object and it won't go any further, but we're just going to try to bring this up. I didn't give, like car keys isn't the greatest example, but this thing literally like is, is affecting, it's literally our lives. It's our, a huge effect sleep on our patterns, lives. Yeah. And it, and it just passed the Senate. The Senate that does absolutely nothing. It never passes anything. It filibusters everything. Yep. We're we're going to filibuster because Donald Trump's president. We're going to filibuster because Joe Biden's president. We're never going to pass a thing except giving money to Ukraine and the military. We're going to pass those. But everything else uh, we're not going to do. And then the thing that's like every day of our lives, every minute of every day, literally affecting our lives past the Senate. This is crazy. It is. And, and so if apparently this would mean that for us, sunset would be around like in the winter and sunrise would be around like 8 30 apparently yeah so i don't all those morning people are going to be so mad and the the parents who's you know for the children did we do this show we, last week we did the, the children? we we did say like if you want to make a political argument just say it's for the kids for the kids because they're going to get hit by the bus that when they're wait by the side of the road to get on the bus and then when they come home they're not going to go to bed because it's still light out at, at five at five, yeah, for their <laughs> five o'clock bedtime. <laughs> Although I did talk to some parents, I honestly I've, I've done some I've done some asking to parents because that's where you know, like for the children. And uh, one argument was, yeah, my it's going to be dark out, or, or like it's dark out a, a little later into the morning. The kids sleep in. The kids sleep in. They don't have to get up as early. It's brilliant. Well, it's crazy, by the way, just based on what we know about what young adults and teenagers and young kids need in terms of sleep. It's crazy that we have school starting at like eight o'clock AM, by the way. Like right. It, there's a lot of studies that say school should start at like 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's good studies that show that when you have high school start at like eight thirty instead of eight, it reduces car accidents. Right. So like, it seems like this, instead of saying, well, we can't start kids to school in the dark well why don't you have school start later then (laughs) everybody says uh kids uh think a little bit better when it's not man that freshman year in college uh psychology class that i took at 8 a.m got to see in that one i definitely did not do uh my best work blame the 8 a.m part yeah definitely all right we got to take a break we'll be back All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. You do the lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, in here with Happy me. Happy Friday, Rick. I feel like I've only said that twice now. So yes. at this point, it's like feels norm, but I should probably introduce you. Um, all right, two things I want to talk about two 81 year olds in government, <laughs> one in Wisconsin, one in the U.S. Senate. I believe they're both 81. Doug LaFollette, who I had no idea. I don't even know what this is. Secret, is it Secretary of State? Secretary of State. Secretary of State. He says he's running for re election. And when you start looking at his timeline, he's been this in this position not not the whole time but since the in the in the 70s 
He's he's going for a twelfth term in his reelection four campaign. Four-year term. Four year term. 12, 24, 36, it, it, it's a statewide game. elected office, but it doesn't do anything because all of the duties of this office have been taken away. As a matter of fact, the Republican legislature moved his office into a small room in the basement of the Capitol. They took the they yeah. took the tag janitor off the they door and put him the, probably um, into like a broom closet. This has probably happened, but there's probably been talk about just eliminating this position. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I think the he's probably getting paid like eighty hundred grand a year. Yeah, is is a clerical position at this point. Yeah, and. I think that it is an interesting election because there is some talk in Republican circles about returning power over elections to the Secretary of State position. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, we know that political parties are only going to make changes if it advantages them. So if the Democrats had total control in Wisconsin state government, they would probably want to empower Doug LaFollette to make key decisions related to elections. If a Republican were to defeat Doug LaFollette and the Republicans were able to control the powers of this office, they would probably want to empower that. Well, it's the same thing as the lame duck thing when Governor Evers won the election and all of a sudden, hey, oh, Governor Evers is a Democrat. We we, we Republicans control government. We're going to quick. We got to pass a bunch of legislation before Scott Walker leaves. Um, it's one of them deals. It's kind of like that. Like, oh, we're going to pass a bunch of legislation to give the secretary of state power, but we're only going to pass that if our guy wins. Yeah, I mean, the key point is that no one in government really has like principled positions about which position, about which office should have which powers. Right. It just depends on, hey, is our guy in that office? If so, let's give that person a lot of power. Is our guy not in that office? Okay, let's take away that person's power. Well, like, we, no one has principled positions on this. And stuff. we see Republicans right now manipulating that with the DNR policy board. We've made the DNR policy board a political position. Oh, we've been we've been following this guy for a while, Rick, and he's still hanging on in the DNR board. Yeah, Fred Preen. Uh, I think his term ended in May. <laughs> he's just stop leaving. Yeah. <laughs> his term is six years long. It ended in May, but uh, the state senate Republicans control the state senate just decided to keep uh, Governor Evers' nominee off the nomination list. They're not going to approve it her as a as a nominee, and therefore. The policy board, the DNR policy board, remains Republican control, and that affects people on French Island. It's a good example of hardball in politics, where you have key appointees by Governor Evers to the UW Board of Regents, in this case to the Natural Resources Board. You have these key appointees who are just not getting a hearing by the state Senate, and Obviously, we know that the Wisconsin state legislature is done for the year, so they won't get a hearing between now and the next election. But like I said, a good example of the hardball that has become commonplace in Wisconsin politics. Yeah, and Republicans who control the DNR policy board now, that's a thing. It's very relevant for French Island. They just voted to um, keep PFAS limits at 70 parts per million, which is – this. The 70 parts per million, PFAS, the chemical in the groundwater that's causing French Island residents to drink bottled water. Right. 70 parts per million is the number that forced French Island to go to bottled water. It was like, oh, no, you have at least 70 parts per million in your groundwater. Get off the water. And now the DNR says, you know, it's going to be a lot of money to make 
Uh, your groundwater is safer than 70 parts per million. So we'll just keep it at that. You guys can suffer. It's a vicious battle over who should control these important positions in government. Should the governor get to appoint people or should the legislature be able to block people? Should the assumption be that hey, the governor just appoints people and they sail on through the state Senate unless there's something really wrong with them? Or should the state legislature be able to just say, no, we're not going to allow these appointees to go through? It's a vicious battle and it has great relevance to French islands. So this is a good example, Rick, of how these battles aren't just interesting to watch from a political party perspective. They're not just, they're not just sort of fun to watch in terms of the game of politics, they have real consequences, either for, for good or bad, depending well, on your point of view. And those consequences are in the U.S. Senate, too. Chuck Grassley, a Republican, 81 years old as well. You'll have to look this up. But he also said, hey, if you want to negotiate prices for drugs, drug prices to get them lower, we're going to have to do that now while Democrats control the government, because once Republicans take over, it's not going to happen. Like Chuck Grassley, one of the most prominent Senate Republicans sure. in the world, the oldest man in the world, I think, in the government. <laughs> Uh, just said Running that. For re-election just too. said that Democrats have to pass this now, or your drug prices are going to be higher. Come what twenty after the after the midterms. Thanks for listening.